What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Fluent Creative. This is Alexander Pade, uh, your host. And today we're going to talk about uh, a specific way of looking at learning and the goal of learning, uh, which goes back to pushing your comfort zone out uh, and being comfortable uh, with a greater scope uh, of project uh, as you repeatedly come back to the work that you're trying to do. You know, when I started making music, I essentially had the goal of creating a crappy little beat. And by beat, I mean a four bar loop, something that would loop over and over again about every two to five seconds. So what that means is, you know, my scope is about two to five seconds of musical content. But as I grew comfortable with that, my new goal shifted outward and upward into a full song. And then of course, once you get to a full song, you know, most of these songs are three to four minutes. So you're not trying to make a 30 minute song or an hour long song, unless you're doing something outside of the realm of pop generally, instead of increasing the length, I started trying to increase the quality. Uh, also the consistency, you know, how many are I, ma- am I making a week and all that stuff. Um, and once that quality got to a professional level, or at least when it started to approach that, um, my scope grew even further. Now I was thinking about releasing the song, creating a piece of artwork for the cover, um, and creating a music video, you know, all these different things. Um, and within each of those processes as well, you know, my scope and quality increased each time that I you know, did it. And at a certain point with some of these things outside of the music, I even transitioned from myself doing it to finding somebody else to do it for me. Um, but you know, that's still part of that process of building out a pipeline. Uh, and the pipeline is a really key thing here. When we're talking about fluency, um, your pipeline, uh, as I put it, is your overall capacity to create content on a consistent basis and also to sell it. Um, I just uh, put together a music conference, a music entrepreneurship conference actually, um, and got a great piece of advice from one of the many speakers we had over there. Uh, This was at Harvard uh, a few weeks ago. Um, And one of the speakers said, you know, I'm not happy. I don't pump my fist in the air until there's money in the bank. So, you know, it's great if you have a bunch of fans, like it's great if you're making all this music, but if that's not actually converting into money in the bank, then the story hasn't ended. The story hasn't, uh, it hasn't been converted properly. You know, the music hasn't been turned into a finalized product. Um, and you know, that story or, or rather that journey from making a small beat to not only, uh, releasing a song and making it, uh, but also, you know, selling merchandise that's related to the song and, you know, getting people to come to a party and selling tickets, all these things, um, they're all part of the same package and you get closer and closer and closer to that. If you aim towards that end goal and getting closer to it each time that you release another song. So, you know, when I think about the way that a creative or an entrepreneur learns, it's by trying to create these really basic versions of the end result, uh, and then building upon them with each new iteration, trying again, trying again.
Now, of course, the difference here is, you know, when you are the average example of an entrepreneur, you know, you have a single product and maybe, I mean, unless it's hardware or something, especially with software, you don't have to make it uh, from the ground up over and over again, right? So you make it and then you try to use it and you try to improve upon it and build upon it from there. Whereas with music, you know, songs have a limited lifespan. So instead of making a song and then trying to build upon that one song and build upon it until it's the best song on earth, you're actually building a process. You're building a pipeline itself, um, a capacity to create professional quality music that grows as you make song after song after song after song. Like the song itself is a result of the process that you have invested in and built. Um, and that process is a result of, you know, practicing uh, arpeggios as a singer, um, of practicing uh, beat making and improving your ear and listening to a ton of music uh, that, inf that you infer from, uh, that you reference to create this new music. Um, you get feedback from people and, and you learn how to do it quicker and quicker. Uh, when I did my interview with Laidback Luke back in, I believe, February or January, you know, he told that story about how he can actually make a song in four hours. I am now at that point as well. I just created a record in a single day and, you know, realized that that was the real goal from a musical perspective. Being able to crank out an entire song at the drop of a hat is the only way, uh, as far as I'm concerned, to be able to have a really consistent, relevant and successful career in music that lasts longer than a single song. You know, you may get lucky, uh, but it's actually much harder to create consistency in your pipeline and in your process than it is frankly to get lucky. I mean, you need both. You want to be ready for that lucky moment that reveals you to the world. But once you've gotten that, you need to be able to crank out music with consistency. So I want to talk about the neurobiology uh, uh, or the neurology behind this process, because, you know, everybody starts out knowing essentially how to do nothing. And it's interesting uh, how the brain works when you're learning. You're learning, it's effortful. And if you're practicing and you're considering yourself practicing, it actually has to be hard. And if it's not hard, then you're not actually learning anything. You know, a piano player uh, has an entire song and they build the muscle memory uh, that is that song over the course of, of weeks and months uh, and days, etc., etc. And as they do so, they are becoming fluent and they're sort of pre-packaging these particular finger movements, or rather these particular uh, combinations of finger movements, such that uh, when they're actually doing it, it kind of comes out of them without any real sense of effort. So it's not as though when somebody plays uh, an amazing piece of music, they are mentally exhausted, you know, in, in the concert that is. I mean, in the, the, at the beginning, you know, it takes you an entire like eight hours of practice to learn, you know, a fifth of that thing. But when you're in concert, you could probably get away as long as you're not becoming physically exhausted with 
performing that one, that whole piece of music five times in a row um, because it's really just there. Now, one thing that's really interesting uh, to, to witness is how somebody actually looks at that music when they're performing because when, and it's the same as with driving actually, when we drive, we don't look directly in front of us. We actually look about a quarter mile down the road or so. Uh, and that's because we are planning our movements ahead of time and then letting them out of us, uh, when the time comes in a more automated sense. So like, you know, we are doing things that our brain has already packaged and these are very complicated movements uh, or complicated combinations of movements. Uh, and it's not like you, you decide to do it exactly in the moment. You know, there's a reason why if an animal crosses the road right in front of you, it's actually really hard to not hit it. But of course, if it's really further ahead of you, it's not that big a deal. Uh, and it's not like this gut-wrenching moment with piano playing if you watch the way that a pianist looks at the music they're actually looking ahead by a few bars they're looking ahead by you know three to five seconds or so maybe a little bit less um and the reason for that is because they have packaged those movements uh in their practice and they are unwrapping them so to speak uh in front of them and the really cool thing, uh, and this is as deep as I'll go with this with this topic, is that you can actually measure. There's a there's a brain impulse that 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 happens right before a person uh, has the sensation of deciding to do something. So what that means is there are electrical signals that go off that you can actually see a person is about to make the decision to do something. Uh, and that's a pretty incredible thing if you think about it. Like we can actually tell when somebody's about to decide to do something like slightly before they decide to do it. Um, but it goes to show that our decision making and like our, let's say, free will and our uh, intention uh, is something that happens just a little bit before we actually do the thing. Um, now, why am I telling you all this? Well, I'm telling you all of this because uh, the learning process, well, not even the learning process, but the, the, the act of, of, of performing for any creative, uh, it really is performing. Whether you are playing the piano um, or you are uh, editing a photo or making a song or whatever it is, even though you are not performing in front of people, you are in fact performing. And there are certain things that you should allow to be effortful because those things, like not even effortful, but there, there are certain ways that you should be expressing yourself freely, let's say, um, in a different way each time. You know, a pianist has certain parameters for a song that need to be consistent, but they still manage to express themselves in a very unique way that people can literally attribute to that particular pianist. Same thing with all other instrumentalists. They have a particular style. And when you are a photographer, when you are a videographer, a music producer, 
an entrepreneur, a business person, a salesman or woman, all of these things, you also have certain parameters that it does you well to automate and to not actually have to worry about things in your process. Um, whether you give them to somebody else to handle or you make it as easy for yourself to handle really quickly. Um, to give you an example, right? Um, if you are a photographer, you know, there are maybe presets uh, in terms of brightness, luminosity, contrast, uh, color palette that you can maintain that you know are a really great place for you to start with because they represent your style roughly. Uh, with uh, music, um, similar things. You know, what presets do you use? What is your favorite drum sample and all that stuff? If you have these things on hand, it becomes really easy for you to branch out in whatever direction. Uh, but even outside of the process itself, you need to have a complete handle on what it is you're actually making from beginning to end. So going back to the example of music, you haven't reached a professional level with the act of creating music until you're able to fluently create a song from beginning to end. And I would actually argue if you're trying to become a business minded uh, and money making music producer or writer or whatever, you need to be able to have an, a pipeline set up to not only create the song, but also distribute it and extract some sort of value that reaps you financial benefits. And that's, you need to be completely comfortable with that entire thing. Um, and that can be a process that takes a long time, especially if you decide that you want to do it as an independent on your own. Of course, you can always say to yourself, well, you know, I now know what I want to do. I'm not just trying to be a creative, I'm trying to be an entrepreneur. So what I'm going to do is as quickly as possible, identify other people who can do this better than me and then bring them into the fold, maybe give them a cut of what it is that I'm making and then work with them together on completing that pipeline loop as quickly as possible and as many times as possible. So I make the song, you know, my buddy uh, leads the development development of a music video. Maybe I have somebody who handles a merch website or something like that. Uh, and I have somebody help me to organize a party. And there we go. You know, you do that whole thing, you sell tickets, you make money off of merch, you know, you have somebody do social media and like you're all set at that point. But you know, I think that the overall point here is that you need to really be thoughtful about what the end point is from a practice perspective is because you start out as a beginner, but there comes a point when you are essentially a professional, when you are effectively able to uh, express yourself within the fold of this medium on a consistent basis and quickly and professionally. Uh, and you need to know what the scope of that is. So that's it guys you know um i think this is a really interesting topic for me to think about uh it's actually a process that i'm going through as well you know where does the scope end you know what it is that i care about doing um what does it take for me to turn this into an actual business what does it take for me to create full products you know what skills am i missing you know what from an emotional fluency perspective am i still uncomfortable with 
Um, and if you get a handle on that and you find a destination, it's going to be much easier for you to know when am I done, quote unquote, practicing uh, and when am I ready to start outputting as a professional. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.